E-S-N-Y. season a whole new world possibly some new advertisements coming who knows but as always we'll start with our favorite advertisement of all time uh this is episode 35 of the bleacher creatures podcast presented by elite sports new york uh yeah this is 35 i never i can never keep track of what episode we're on i always have to look through my phone and see what was last week but as always this is brought to you by rivercrest nyc a fantastic new bar located at 3315 Ditmars Boulevard in Astoria, Queens. Enormous venue, lots of beers, lots of TV. Uh, if you want to follow them on Instagram, they're posting pictures of food now, which is Ooh. fantastic. The food is amazing, and it also looks amazing. So follow them, Rivercrest NYC on Instagram in Astoria, Queens. We got All a lot right. to talk about. I we like it. That's great. We missed a week, so we have a lot to talk about. Yes, we do, because it was so quiet for so long, and then all of a sudden, just, like, things happened, and we weren't prepared to talk about said things. Nope. We were planning on recording on Tuesday last week. We said there's nothing to talk about. We recorded on Thursday last week. All anybody's talking about is the Astros, and we talked about them for 45 minutes. Guess what? They're still bad, guys. They're still bad, yep. Can't do another 45 minutes about the Astros. I mean, we could, but we probably shouldn't. Okay, yeah, sure. We'll try something different. Yeah, of course, on Wednesday, everything started coming out. But let's start with Jacoby Ellsbury because it's over. The nightmare is over. It is. It is. I mean, Jacoby Ellsbury, that was probably, arguably, the worst contract the Yankees have ever signed. I think, statistically speaking, I, I don't know how to look this up myself, but I think, statistically speaking, Jacoby Ellsbury was the least valuable of all time like the numbers prove it i don't know i don't know if they calculated it with with war per dollar or something like that but they looked back and they said jacoby ellsbury is the worst signing that the yankees have ever had ever i mean i understand where they were coming from in the beginning and you know i was kind of comparing ellsbury to stanton and their contract situation and stuff and he had a group not like a outstanding first season with the Yankees, but he, he played the entire first season with the Yankees. And then after that, it just kind of like, bloop, 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 bloop. Yeah, but he, he was never really that good. Even, even when we did have him. I mean, all the talk this week has been, I mean, the big elephant in the room is the Yankees are trying to get a refund. They want their Jacoby Ellsbury yes. money back. Yes. By the way, and this will, I will mention the Astros. Astros fans are loving that because they're like, oh, my God, someone's doing something that's not very nice. Maybe we should latch on to this so people can stop uh, bothering us for being cheaters. No, that's not going to work. The Astros are cheaters. They're bad guys. They're the bad well, guys. The fans are trying. They're trying. They really are. 
they're kind of stretching a ways. I'm like, really? No. But if you think about it, I mean, like, he didn't do anything. And the whole thing is that he went to see a uh, a specialist outside of the Yankees organization. Is that right? Yeah. The What they're trying to get money back for is that I, I read Ken Rosenthal, I think it was, put an out, article out on The Athletic today or yesterday, like mm-hmm. detailing everything about it. And it sounds like he was just going to this other place that the Yankees knew he was going to, but they hadn't technically approved it. And they, the only thing that they really asked the, the clinic was if they knew the MLB's policy on banned substances, like to make sure that they weren't giving Jacoby Ellsbury any steroids. Cause then that's, that's even worse. If well, he's what just, did it matter? He wasn't playing. Well, maybe he would have played if he had steroids. But know who knows that. if he actually took steroids? I don't. I don't know the specifics of what treatment he got there. I'm sure it'll come out. Uh, I have a kind of possibly unpopular opinion on it. This is a bad look for the Yankees. Yeah, really it's not bad. Great. It's not great. I mean, it's essentially you know. And honestly, I felt I feel bad for the poor guy. Like obviously, people here are you're gonna say, listen, it's a it's the business of baseball. He doesn't produce, hence why everyone's. By Greg Bird, you know, I don't really care what you do. But, like, you know, Jacoby Ellsbury, he was a decent player. And you got to imagine he doesn't want to be sitting there not playing baseball. Like, you got to think that he wants to be playing. You know, I don't know if that's true. I don't because I was I was also listening to the the starting nine podcast with uh, it's Jared Carabas and Dallas Braden. And obviously every Yankees fan knows that Carabas is you know, public enemy number one to us because mm-hmm. he's the top Red Sox guy. But he was saying, like, I don't know, even when Jacoby was in Boston, people were like, he just doesn't seem invested in rehabbing. Like, he seems perfectly okay with just not playing. And also, I'm pretty sure the Yankees were just bidding against themselves for him when they signed him, which is dumb. I would recommend not doing that. I would recommend paying as a team. I, I mean, I want, I want players to get paid, which we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. But as a team, it's pretty dumb to be bidding against yourself when you can get a guy for like probably $50 million less than we signed Ellsbury for because nobody else wanted him. And we were just like, we're going to blow up the tank on him. <clears throat> what year did they get him? 2013? Uh, yeah, 13 going into 14. 14 was his first year as a Yankee. I mean, he wasn't. Well, terrible. the Red Sox had just. Well, the Red Sox had just won another World Series in 2013. 13, right? Yeah, 13 they won. So I'm assuming they were just trying to pay as much as they can, but they definitely overshot there. I mean, it's not like he was uh, Garrett Cole. (laughs) You know, it's not like he's one of those guys that was top tier in his position. He was very good in his position, but he wasn't the top. No, and I mean, he had 2011 was his best year by far of his career. That's the only OPS he had over 800, I think. Let me check back to 2007. Okay, 2007 when he came. Uh, it's only 116 at-bats, though. So 2007 doesn't really count. His only full year with an OPS over 800 was in 2011, and it was 928. And other than that, he looks like he's just been league average, which is OPS is how we measure people now. It wasn't mm-hmm. back then, but it is now. So it's just yeah. he was bad, but it's, it's a bad look for the Yankees to be like, 
we want our money back. We're, we found a loophole in your contract, so we're going to try to snag $26 million back from you. Conveniently, now that insurance is no longer paying you, paying us to pay you to not play. Well, they're trying to get the money back because they can't get the, the last six years back that he stole from them in center field. Yeah. Well, we got Aaron or Hicks. Not. Aaron Hicks well, came out of it. And Aaron Hicks is now hurt, too. So, I mean, it's... I don't know. I don't know. Lots of injuries. Lots of stuff going on. Yeah. Either way, Jacoby Ellsbury is gone. I don't know how that's going to shake out with his contract. It doesn't matter because he's no longer a Yankee. We don't have to deal with him anymore. And we also don't have to deal with Greg Bird anymore, which I am very pleased with. Mm. Not happy about that one. You wanted to keep Greg Bird? I love Greg Bird. I do. I, I, oh, you know, it was, it's very sad. It almost reminds me, I mean, it does remind me of Nick Johnson. I mean, he had so much potential. That left-handed swing in Yankee Stadium, just like tailor-made for that ballpark. And, of course, the injuries. The injuries just freaking killed him. It was ridiculous. And, you know, I, I wish him the best of luck wherever he does go. I know that but at this point right now, he hasn't been signed. He hasn't officially, has he cleared waivers? I don't know if he's cleared waivers, but I, I doubt he will. Someone's going to take a flyer on him. Someone, a team that's not really competing is going to be like, oh, Greg Bird, let's see. Let's see if we see something that the Yankees didn't see in him. And maybe he plays a part for us as a platoon guy. I mean, I hope he has a nice career, just not against the Yankees and for the Yankees, because I don't ever want to see Greg Bird again. I've, I mean, I've had enough. I tried to hold on as long as I could. And this season, it was, it was the, last, the last domino. I was just like, I have nothing left to hold on to for Greg Bird. He's just not, he's not good. Without Greg Bird, the Yankees wouldn't have made it past the 2017 ALDS. Are we clear? True. I mean, uh, big swing, big swing. We're clear. clear. But yeah, I mean, his, his swing was definitely tailor-made for that stadium. It's just really unfortunate that it didn't pan out that way for him. And, you know, you, you have to start looking for the future because you can't rely on a guy who just constantly is getting injured in one absurd way after another um i wouldn't be surprised honestly if uh there's you know a few teams that could certainly use his power and maybe not being in the bronx you know it can settle him down a little bit too i don't know if that helps as well maybe he was trying too hard very possible it it works for a lot of guys leaving the bronx sunny gray goes to cincinnati cincinnati reds all of a sudden he's an all-star Yep, but I mean, um, you know, people are talking about the Red Sox even taking a a flyer on him. I'm like, wait, what? I don't, Do I don't imagine? think they would do that. <laughs> Can you imagine if they did, and all of a sudden he just turns into the the next coming of JD Martinez? Who knows? See, I don't see that as a realistic possibility. I see it more as the way it went with the Yankees, where he has like he'll have a great spring training, and everyone will be talking about him, and then he'll go like. He'll hit like 179 for the first three weeks of the season. And Boston Red Sox fans are equally mean as mm-hmm. Yankees fans. Uh, they, they will, yeah. yeah, they will rip him apart. And it'll be the exact same story. He's got to go somewhere where nobody cares. I would like to see someone take a um, take a chance on Greg Bird. And uh, I don't know if I, this is how you pronounce his name. Yolmer <laughs> Sanchez. Yolmer Sanchez. Yomer At least Sanchez, Sanchez can I, play defense, though. I would like them to take flyers on both of them. Two disgraced infielders that just got released and uh, make them something again. I would love to see it. 
I was seeing a lot of A's fans want to get Yomer Sanchez just for the strict fact that they would have by far the best defensive infield in baseball. You are, Chapman. I mean, you already have Chapman. Chapman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be by far the best defensive base, uh, defensive <clears throat> infield in baseball. But oh yeah, Yomer Sanchez doesn't really hit too well. Hey, maybe they could change that. You saw what happened with Gio Urshela. Yeah, but he came to the Yankees, and we had like a very specific plan that we've uh, like we have now a track record of doing this with guys who who weren't really making it, and then we have them come in. We have our hitting coaches work with them. I did the same thing with Cameron Maben. Was like you have to start using your legs. You're a big dude. Like swing like a big guy, and it works. Well, it's I mean it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that you know that the Yankees system obviously knows what they're doing when it comes to batting, when, especially when it comes to Gio Urshela. I'm sure people have taken notice too. Like, well, what did they do? What's the difference? So yeah, it could, it could work for Sanchez too. You just don't know. Yeah. Well, hope, I mean, hopefully everybody ever has a long prosperous baseball career. I'm very pro player in that. Everybody aspect. I ever? want everybody to do well. Yeah. I want everybody to do well, just not against the Yankees. Interesting. And I there want are some players I. There are some players I definitely don't want to do well. Oh, I guess uh, some bad people. Maybe yeah. bad people. I don't want. I don't want to do well. Correct. Correct. Another story Pro, broke person. today. Yeah, another story broke today. I don't know if you want to address it. I definitely don't uh-huh. want to touch it with a ten foot pole because I don't like talking about these sad things because they're. I mean, they're shitty things that happen. Okay, so you make me do it. <laughs> we we will converse. We will converse. Uh, we'll talk about it later. But yes, there was uh, actually, you know what? I'll, I'll talk about it now. I don't even remember who the player was. Who was the player? Uh, it's Sam Dyson. That's I knew it, it and then you put me on the spot and I got really nervous. I freaked out. Sam Dyson. Yes. Um, so his wife posted um, on their cat's Instagram feed, which sounds really weird. But honestly, you know. I feel like, and people are like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. Why would you do that? I'm like, you know how hard it is to talk about potentially domestic violence? That's what she was discussing, saying that, you know, um, Dyson threw things at uh, the wife, you know, broke the cat's house while the cat was inside the house, like a little target house, which my cat has too. Um, You know, and they're going through domestic violence and, um, Honestly, I'm really proud of the fact that she stood up and said something, even if it was through the cat. Like, honestly, I felt I like think that she she did post on her own Instagram, too. Oh, she did. I was yeah. going to say the first, the first one was the cat. And mm. I kind of was like, that's like, in a way, I felt like that was so brave of her to like do that through the cat, I guess you could say, because it made it like, oh, this is, you know, like, this is a story look at this picture, pay attention to the caption, which everyone does because it's a cat and it's an important message. And I was, I was proud of her for sharing that. Yeah. There is a very dangerous trend evolving in baseball that, I mean, I feel like this is coming up more and more often lately, which is a terrible thing. I don't know if it's occurring more often or if people now have, you know, the courage to come out and say it like, Hey, this is happening. Like, who knows? But I, I do not like this current trend in baseball. It is not a good thing. Nope. It is not a good look. And, you know, it's it's just bad. But, yeah, yet another story today. Yeah. Uh, well, back on a Yankees note, 
because I think I can't even remember the last time we hopped on a podcast and didn't have something very upsetting to talk about. What do you mean? Well, I mean, we had Herman, we had the Astros, which was upsetting for baseball, but very positive for us. And now we have Sam Dyson. I feel like every week we're saying, all right, let's just get it out of the way. There's just more and more bad things going on, or at least being unveiled, like you were saying. Um, Very unfortunate that, um, but this kind of stuff is bigger than the sport. Um, And it does need to be discussed so that people know that if things like that are happening, it's not okay. And um, it's okay to share. And you should be sharing with someone, you, a therapist, um, some people choose to share it to the internet but either way they're getting their stories out there and making people aware that this kind of thing is going on and you know instead of just kind of sweeping it under the rug yeah well back to baseball uh mm-hmm. miguel andujar yeah what we about have not, we haven't discussed what's going to happen with him yet all right i know that brian cashman said that teams have been you know requesting they say hey put me on the list they love his bat you know obviously everyone loves his bat great guy led the team in doubles and um actually his rookie year i'm pretty sure he read led the team in batting average runs maybe he he led in a few different categories offensively um obviously the big the big problem there is his defense and especially if the yankees you know bring back Gio urshela which it sounds like they want to um, they have DJ LeMahieu, they have Glaber Torres. That's a incredibly solid infield right there. And Miguel Andujar does not hold a candle to Gio when it comes to defense. So yeah. what do you do? I mean, it, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird tightrope to walk because his value will never be lower. He's coming off an injury, but then you're not going to have him play next year. So how are teams going to get a look at him against major league pitching sands and injury? Like uh, the DH spot is going to be taken by either Void or Stanton. Like there's just not enough room for him to get at bats. So he do won't. you sell him now? Do you wait? You see what happens? I you got. Know. I think you got to sell now because if you wait, um, if you wait till midseason and just kind of utilize him as that utility player, small sample size, less consistent at bats, he's really not going to have any more to prove. You've already got people clamoring over him for his bat in general. Um, even when he came back from injury, bat speed was still there. He just wasn't seeing the pitches well. And his first season, he was so very clearly seeing the pitches incredibly well because he was doing everything for that team. I think you got to sell now. It seems like we're just both in agreement that Miguel Andujar is on the way out. He's done. Uh, also he, Lindsay Adler posted a video of him practicing his defense. The internet didn't like it. They did not care for that at all. They say he's still doing the double clutch. He looks slow. Let's see how his arm is when someone's actually running. It was like it's just him working out. Everyone's got to relax. Take a breath. You think he's gonna work out at like super high level game speed? He's getting back into into the swing of things. He's working on it. Like at least he's working on it. Clint Frazier has been telling us that he's been working on his stuff, but you know, showing videos of his cats. Where's his defensive videos? Well, they're in the AAA uh, Scranton highlight reel. Mm-hmm. So two or three times we see them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, at least he's he knows what he needs to do. He's well aware of the situation. Mm-hmm. He's working on it. Let him do it. 
Oh, well. Well, now that I've said everybody needs to take a breath, I think we should get really angry and irrational for a second because we're going to talk about Derek Jeter and the Hall of Fame. I have very strong opinions on the Hall of Fame, and I mentioned that I had strong opinions, and you gave me an interesting response. So yes, now I'm did. not sure if we're going to be on the same side of this. I'm not sure. I guess we'll find out. All right. Okay. Derek Jeter, obviously in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. That's not even a question. I am I'm sick of people walking around the internet being like, oh, well, look at his defensive metrics. No, nope. he is a Hall of Famer through and through, first ballot. Maybe he's unanimous. Maybe some asshole writer says, no, no, he doesn't deserve that. He doesn't deserve that. I think we're in agreement there. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. Okay. Now tell me your thoughts on the Hall of Fame process in general. No, you're the one that wants to talk about that. I really don't care. <laughs> okay, well, tell me about Derek Jeter's Hall of Fame case then. All right, let's talk about Derek Jeter. Um, what's really been bothering me is the fact that everyone's kind of coming out of the woodwork and just saying, you know, Derek Jeter, it's questionable whether he'll get into the Hall. That's ridiculous. Okay, Derek Jeter, I, I can't even begin to describe the impact that Derek Jeter has made, not only on my life, but like, on the entire Yankees organization. Like he almost, I wouldn't say single-handedly, almost single-handedly brought the Yankees out of that slump from the eighties and early nineties. Um, he brought them back. He did everything he could. His defense was not, it, I guess if you're comparing to defense today, he's probably not as good, but like, I feel like he knew in a way his arm wasn't as strong. He wasn't as fast, and yet he was still making all of those same plays in his own way. And I feel like that, like he was compensating, or I'm sorry, he was making up for what he was lacking, and he was still making those plays. He is by far an incredible player. I feel like he is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He deserves that. Um, Unanimous, I'm questioning that. Just because of the defense, that's the only reason there will be baseball writers out there who are just going to be like, no, defense, it has to be a whole complete player. And he is. You look at his highlight reel, he has some pretty freaking amazing plays, Um, even like ranging to that hole between short and third. Like he was still getting to those balls and he was still getting runners out at first. He doesn't have quite the arm that, you know, Didi Gregorius has. Um, he really doesn't have as much of the range as some of the other players now, but he still was able to make those plays. So to me, first ballot Hall of Famer, not unanimous. I don't even really care about his defense. Like I get it. If he was a below average defender, that's fine. That doesn't mean he's not a Hall of Famer. Like that's the go-to excuse for people to say this guy's not a Hall of Famer because he wasn't good at defense. Newsflash. There are a lot of people in the Hall of Fame that were not good at defense. Edgar Martinez just got in. He was a DH. He didn't even play defense. They're like, this guy is so bad defensively that we're just not going to let him play in the field. He's only going to hit. And he's still a Hall of Famer. I mean, it took him 10 tries. But he also wasn't Derek Jeter. Like Derek Jeter has 3,000 hits and five rings. Right, this guy Derek- is a Hall of Famer through and through. Derek Jeter is just in a whole whole other world. Like he quite literally took he was the face of baseball for so many years. And not because he looked good, which okay, he did. Let's be honest. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
But, you know, because of, like his stats spoke for themselves, like he was incredible. He was in the MVP race, like practically every year. He was an all star for so many years. He did everything for that Yankees team. And just even thinking about this just reminds me, might cry, never know. Um, his final game at the stadium with the walk off hit, you know, like that just was the storybook ending for such an amazing career for such an amazing ball player. Now, person, I can't quite speak to that, and I'm having mixed feelings. Um, I really am. <laughs> yeah, it, it was kind of recently that people started finding out that Derek Jeter might not have been the nicest person in the world. So actually, I will tell you, and I, I don't know how to pronounce the author's name. I'm in the process of reading Inside the Empire. Uh-huh. Okay. I don't know if any of you have read that before. Um, it's written by... Ooh, Pardon me, guys. Um, Bob Clapish. <laughs> I know. I know who you're talking about, but I, I also can't pronounce his name. I don't know for the for um, the distinct reason that well, I I'm this nervous. Is terrible. Right. Exactly. Continue. So that. I don't know. Forget the name. Forget the name. But inside the empire. See, I'm, I'm plugging the book, so it's fine. So I've been reading uh -huh. that book, and I was in the first twelve pages. And I think I texted you after that, and I was like. They're starting to tell me stories about Derek Jeter. Brian Cashman was going through different things, especially when he was a free agent and he wanted more money. And I didn't like it. I, you know, I grew up like assuming this guy was just salt of the earth, the best, greatest person and not just a great ball player. And that's part of the reason why I loved him so much. And now reading Inside the Empire and kind of reading the whole inside scoop and the whole dealings with, you know, getting a contract extension for Jeter, it was, it made me really think about it. Yeah. And you, I mean, you've also seen what he did with the Marlins where he kind of, yes. I mean, he, he blew up that organization. People who have been there for years, he was like, no, I'm starting over. I'm doing it my own way. This is for profit. But I also reminding myself of inside the empire. I think it was in Brian Hoke's book. I don't remember what I don't remember what it was called. It was twenty seven something, uh, but um, oh, I know you have it. Twenty seven, mission twenty seven, yeah. Yes. Where mm -hmm. in those negotiations with Cashman, Jeter was like, "Well, who would you rather have at shortstop?" Yeah, right. are are you kidding me? Troy Tulowitzki, one hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> like ego check for Jeter, and we ended up getting Tulowitzki, and that didn't work out. But you know, it was like five years, six, seven. Oh my God, it has been seven years. Too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's my whole idea of the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, Derek Jeter definitely belongs. If Derek Jeter doesn't get into the Hall of Fame, who really deserves to get into the Hall of Fame? I, exactly. And this is we're going to spring into my Hall of Fame complaints now because I have about a million. Okay? okay. It is completely preposterous that Mariano Rivera was the first unanimous selection to the Hall of Fame. Like, there was some unwritten code within the writers where, like, oh, no one's ever been unanimous, so we can't have anybody be unanimous. That's so disingenuous because somebody is lying on their ballot. Like, when Ken Griffey Jr. didn't get 100%, somebody lied on their ballot. They were like, I don't think Ken Griffey Jr. is a Hall of Famer. But next year, I think he will be. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? They're either a Hall of Famer or they're not. There's, like... This 10-year process where you find, oh, well, you started at 25%. I think you might have a chance to get 75%. What happened in those 10 years? 
What happened in the 10 years that this player was not playing the game that all of a sudden half, half of the voters were like, he wasn't then, but he definitely is now. It makes no sense. And even further, why do Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds not have the same number? You're either, I mean, you're either letting the steroid guys in or you're not. You can't pick and choose between Clemens, who was maybe the best pitcher of his generation, steroids included, and Barry Bonds, who's maybe the best hitter of all time, steroids included. Like, you're going to pick and choose one? Like, yeah, I'm okay with Bonds doing steroids, but I don't know. Clemens, I don't think he's there. I don't think he's there. That raises to me a whole nother question, and that obviously goes back to the the cheating scandal of what's going on with the sign stealing. I mean, you know... Jose Altuve, like we talked about, won the MVP in 2017. Um, you know, phenomenal player, but is he? Like, is he as great as, you know, Hall of Fame-wise? Like, if you're going to let someone like Jose Altuve in, then you have to let the steroid guys in because it's the same type of thing. It's cheating to boost your performance. Yeah, and I also, I, I this is also kind of an unpopular opinion. I, I mean, I say just let the steroid guys in the Hall of Fame because that's the era that they played in. They played in the steroid era where you had guys like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, like the best players in the game at that time were all doing steroids. So it's not like they had a competitive advantage. Yes, but everyone else was taking advantage of the same competitive advantage. So in a way, the playing field is still kind of even. So it's, it's just it's exactly the same as sign stealing, right? Everyone's doing it. Isn't that right? Well, well, that's not proven, though. We don't Everyone's know that everybody's signed still. That's stealing. what they're saying. Yeah. But, but I, I also, really they gives... can't take away the Astros championship. <laughs> it's right. impossible. I mean, it really, really gives you something to think about. You know, um, people are like, oh, sign stealing, not a big deal. Well, if you think the steroid era was a huge deal, then the sign stealing thing should be a huge deal. It's in the same type of capacity. It is. And, you know, there's going to be uh, the steroid guys are going to get in eventually. It's just, it's going to happen, and there's going to be a wing of the hall where it's dedicated to guys who were proven to have done steroids but had great careers regardless. Asterisk. Like, these guys, yeah, with the asterisks. And mm -hmm. I don't I don't care about the Hall of Fame. I don't. It's, like, a really nice honor, but, like, some of the writers take it so seriously. Like, like we're here to honor in the Hall of Fame. You're not a good ball player. That's yeah, essentially we're here what to they're honor trying, to, players. trying to say. Yeah, we're here to honor players. We're not here to like just wield your power with your vote. Say, oh, well, I have moral integrity, so I'm not going to vote for Barry Bonds. But Barry Bonds was the best hitter of his generation. You can't tell the story of baseball without Barry Bonds. It just it makes no sense. And that's I mean. Even worse is the character clause. That's the dumbest thing I've ever I've ever seen, and it comes up. What Pete Rose obviously he did some bad stuff, and then now more information has come out that he's done some really bad stuff. But I mean, you also can't tell the story of the game of baseball without acknowledging Pete Rose, and the prime example right now on the ballot is Kurt Schilling, who's an asshole, huge dick. <laughs> he's. He is the worst Twitter follow I've ever seen. We all know it was ketchup on his sock. We all know. Like, it's we become so blatantly obvious. Yeah, but, I mean, people say, oh, Kurt Schilling's a bad guy, and look at all these views he has. Like, he can't be in the Hall of Fame. But it's, 
It's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Nice Guys who were pretty good at baseball. It's it's stupid to think that your your moral compass is worth anything in the debate on how we should honor this player's accomplishments on the field. It's dumb. And yet, it's one of the most visited places. Never been there, but uh, most visited, from what I hear. Yeah, I, I haven't been I, there since I was real young. Listen, I get where you're coming from. I absolutely do. I do. Um, uh, Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. The whole the whole voting process, just it all confuses me. Like, the voting process, the process to be inducted, the pro- like, just all of it. I'm so confused. I just, I don't understand how the vote changes every year. Like, I, even if you want to say, oh, well, I, th- I don't think this guy is worthy of being on the first ballot because that's also some made up honor that the writers came up with where this guy is this guy is so worthy that we don't even have to vote twice. But nothing changes from year one to year two. His numbers are the same. His accomplishments are the same unless he suited back up again and then went out and hit 350 and jacked 50 more home runs. But his case hasn't changed. So why has your opinion on this on any particular player changed from one year to the next? At, at one, year one to year two is maybe a bad example because of the made-up first ballot honor. But like year seven to year eight, what changed? Why are you voting for this guy now when you didn't vote for him last year? Mm-hmm. It's it's ridiculous. I could I mean I could talk about the Hall of Fame for like four hours and not say a single positive thing. So one thing you did mention earlier when you were talking about Barry Bonds, Pete Rose, you know, you can't tell the story of baseball without them. Well, you can't. You're absolutely right. But at the same time, I do feel and I I strongly feel that people that are in the Hall of Fame should be players that, um, you know, pushed the game forward, helped it progress, become better and inspired everyone else so i am kind of in a similar position where i do not not to you to everyone else (laughs) sorry um you know that i do believe that kindness and uh you know charity and everything like that really does count and should play a role in that type of thing too because i feel like the hall of fame not just as a good player but overall as a good person i do believe that yeah i i mean if you are a very like charitable person and you do all these great things and you're an inspiration, it should definitely help your case. You're like, this guy helped the game of baseball but not as a the whole. be all end all. Yeah. And that it doesn't extend to everyone. Like I wouldn't put Sammy Sosa in the hall of fame. Cause I just, I don't, I look back at numbers from when Sammy Sosa, before he did steroids, we're like, I don't think this guy would have been as good as he was if he wasn't doing just every single steroid in the book. Wait, I have an idea. Only players that are welcome in the Hall of Fame are the ones that are included on um, Backyard Baseball. That's, I mean, that's genius. Mm-hmm. But we are going to have to find a place for Pablo Sanchez, even though he's not real. Maybe the greatest player of all time. Um, hello, Pablo Sanchez catches for the New York Yankees. Different Sanchez, but okay. No, no I, I'm pretty I sure will it's gladly, Pablo. I will gladly Pablo's compare brother. Gary Sanchez to Pablo Sanchez. I will take that fall. I would say so. But yeah, no, have, uh, I don't remember who, who made the game, but have, was it EA Sports? No, it wasn't that. Whoever made Backyard Baseball has to start doing it again and has to come out with one every generation. Whoever is in that crowd as the MLB players are the ones that go to the Hall of Fame. That is 
that is more important than being in Cooperstown is being in backyard baseball. I'm sold. The yep. baseball video games have they've gone by the wayside. The early 2000s was like the greatest time to play baseball video games. And now it's just MLB the show. <laughs> but like back then you had you had Slugfest, which was my favorite because I was a child and you could get set on fire and punch people. Ooh. And you had MVP baseball, which was an actual game. Backyard baseball, which was the best. I used to turn the difficulty all the way down to easy. I'd assemble the best team. I'd be the Melonheads, obviously, because that's the best mascot in the entire game. And I would just win every game like 40 to nothing. Yeah. You best probably times of my Pete life. Wheeler on your team, didn't you? Absolutely. Pete Wheeler is my leadoff hitter. By far. Yeah, but like... Um... I don't play, I didn't play many baseball games, but I will tell you that Backyard Baseball was my all-time favorite. My boyfriend still plays it on his computer. I also play it on my computer occasionally when I find the motivation to figure out how to download it and also don't fear that it's going to murder my computer. I'm very scared of that. I don't know how internet viruses work. So I get uh, like streaming movies illegally, which I've never done if the FBI is listening. I get real nervous about that. Sure, the FBI is listening to this uh, podcast. No, oh, they will if they find out I'm illegally streaming movies, which I'm not doing go. allegedly. Wasn't that a nice, nice, calming segue uh, from your just, you know, rant? It was. Yes, I it was. So. I actually think I'm going to write an article now about early 2000s baseball games. And that's how I'm going to promote the podcast this week. There you go. Might as well. Might as well. Right. But OK, What's let's next? get back to modern times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's. You want to do DD or Garrett Cole first? <clears throat> oh, let's talk about Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole. Okay. Some unconfirmed reports have come out that he might prefer the West Coast, and that the okay. Angels are willing to pay any price to get him. I really don't care what he prefers. I think honestly, if he has the best chance to win, and he makes a decent buck, I think those are the options. But, I mean, honestly, wouldn't you want to go to the Angels? Mike Trout, Otani. I mean, that guy pretty Ohtani good. Just got there. Cleared. He just got cleared to start throwing again. Mm-hmm. Shohei Otani. I'm still kind of mad at him for not even taking a meeting with the Yankees, but. Well, he didn't want to be in the pressure cooker of the Bronx. No. Uh, but either way, when it comes to Garrett Cole. Uh, if I had to choose between New York and L.A., I would obviously choose New York a million times out of a million. Uh, but I can see West Coast people actually like the lifestyle out there, mm-hmm. which is like it's foreign to me. I don't know how to I don't know how to just chill like that or everything. Nothing matters. Like, no, like right. everything matters. It's it makes no sense that people just operate. Like, how do they get anything done? I don't I might. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm adding California to the list of states that I'm, I'm fighting with now. It's up right, to three. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Iowa, Florida, and California. So, yeah. I mean, okay. Uh, Garrett Cole, obviously, sounds like he would, quote, unquote, prefer the West Coast. But, like, I don't know how much merit you can put to that, you know? No, it might be just be posturing by Scott Boris. Yeah. But I don't know. I, it, the way the Yankees have been going after free agents lately... It wouldn't shock me if we just matched whatever the Angels reported offer was 
And we said, all right, choose between them or us. And then I I think Garrett Cole might actually choose the Angels in that case. Uh, he's a California kid. They have mm-hmm. the best player of maybe all time, Mike Trout. They have a lot of interesting pieces. Like, I mean, it makes sense that he would want to go to the Angels. I think yeah, we have to outbid like, them. Look, you got Patrick Corbin who was like, oh, you know, his bro- he wore a Yankee hat to his brother's wedding. He did this. He's a New York guy. Didn't I, that, I know. I know, you know that never so means I mean, anything. You, you really can't even put any stock into that. I honestly don't think. I think it's just going to come down to a bidding war. Yeah. Um, the Yankees shouldn't overspend on him, I don't think. Um, I personally would rather have Strasburg. Um, I wouldn't mind Strasburg. I wouldn't want Cole to go to like any sort of AL team that we would face on the regular basis. <laughs> no, not um, like how AJ Cole went to our division rivals, the Blue Jays. Oh, man, we're going to get Going to hate torched. facing that guy. Yep, exactly. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I would prefer Strass. They shouldn't overpay for Cole, but they should give him a decent offer and see if, you know, the Bronx is somewhere he wants to be. Cause clearly the, the Yankees are going to be set for the next few years, at least. Yeah. We're, we're contending. I mean, we're contending every year, but right now we're like really contending. I mean, you got Glaber Torres that finally, you know, he, well, I'm sorry. Is he 23 now? I think he is 20. I think he did have his birthday. I think he's 23, so nobody cares about him. Uh, Well, he's 23. Nobody likes you when you're 23, except if you're Glaber Torres, then everyone just loves you. So, yeah, I mean, Glaber Torres has jumped in. Aaron Judge is there. I mean, you've got a pretty stacked lineup. You've got a healthy Stanton. You have home run hitting machines in that lineup. Yeah. I mean, we have a better chance to win. Yeah, we have a better chance to win. 100 percent it's just whether i mean california guys i feel like just don't care as much about that (laughs) to be honest i've always had that vibe you know what i was also thinking too in terms of like california versus new york and everything um especially in like baseball and stuff just like the fact that there's really only in the al there's at least what four teams on that west coast seattle la oakland who am i missing Seattle, LA, Oakland. I don't even know. I think you're thinking of the Rangers, and they're in the. Uh, right. I mean, they're in Texas, so I'm but they're in the in AL terms West. of like in terms of time zones and stuff like that. Like, do you think it throws them off, or are these people like you know? Because like it throws us off when we go to the West Coast for you know six games. Oh, it's got to throw them I off. I hate West Coast trips. The worst thing in the world. It's a 10 o'clock Oakland start when I know at 1.30 in the morning, I'm going to be dreaming about the drums. It's it's a disaster. That West Coast trip this year almost killed me. I remember that. Yes. Yeah, I do recall. But yeah, I mean, like, does does that play a role in it, too? Like, obviously, you want to be on the West Coast, but then you have to think that you're going to travel the majority of the time anyway. Yeah, I mean, I th- the way the travel is set up in Major League Baseball is... I mean, it's completely backwards anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, they should de- they should definitely reorganize everything, but uh, that's a that's a whole other topic of conversation for another time. Mm-hmm. But either way, I would prefer that we get. I think I think I prefer Garrett Cole to Steven Strasburg, just because I know Strasburg's got a little bit of a longer track record of being this good. But mm-hmm. Cole, once he went to the Astros, we know how they are with their pitchers. That they, I mean, they unlock something with their pitchers. They right. do. And you saw it with uh, Charlie Morton. Is, Charlie what is Morton, he, yeah. 36, 37 years old now? Mm-hmm. He's having the best three-year run of his career. 
Like he was, he could have won a Cy Young this year at, at this advanced age, and no one would have ever guessed that he was this good until he went to Houston. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe Garrett Cole is the real deal. Maybe he leaves Houston and he turns into who he was with the Pirates, which is still a good pitcher. But mm-hmm. at the time with the Pirates, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have traded Andrew Har and Clint Frazier, given the situation that we were in with the Pirates. Looking back, I think that's dumb. I think I would have made that trade. Yeah. I think it would have been better. Maybe not as good as he is now, but I think he would have been better with us than the Pirates. Mm-hmm. So, Didi? Didi. Didi Gregorius might go to the Phillies, reuniting with Joe Girardi. I love that. I, I do yeah, like I, that. I'm if, fine with if it. If he's got to go anywhere, I would like him to go somewhere that um, he knows somebody and the manager knows him. And, you know, I just I feel like that's a good move for him. If it does, I just happen. want Didi to be happy. I just want him to be yeah. happy. Yeah, absolutely. I'm in the same if boat. He's not, yeah, if he's not going to be with us playing every day, you know, I want to see. I want to see him play every day. I want to see him be on a successful team. Like I don't want to see him go to the Reds, which is where mm-hmm. he was initially rumored. Uh, maybe the Brewers would be a good fit for them. I don't think they like Orlando Arcia that much. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they dislike him enough to bring in another shortstop, but. Who knows? I just I go to a competing team, a place you're going to get to play, a place you're going to be happy. Right. Love to see I more. Do, I do like the idea of the Phillies and um, just just the fact that, you know, there's also isn't David Robertson's there, isn't he? Yep. Yep. And, and he rides McCutcheon, there. Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah, I don't know Andrew if he's going to be playing next year. I don't know. Right. I don't know what the extent of his injury was. I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, it was not good. It's not good. Yeah. I know um, the Phillies yeah. are weirdly positioned to be like old school good. Like they have an old well, school manager now. They're coming off a Gabe Kapler year where like this analytics thing did not work at all. So let's just go old school manager, old school talent. I kind of like it. Also, I'm sure that Bryce Harper is big mad now. So he probably, you know, wants to get a ring for himself. I don't blame him. Yeah. You I mean, I'm sure he's happy for the players. Ring and but... back it up. Yeah. Oh man. The Nationalists would have been so much better with him. I know people are saying like, oh, Bryce Harper left and then the Nationals got good. Wonder what that's about. Like, no, they would have been even better if they had Bryce Harper still. Well, maybe that was the problem. Maybe Bryce Harper was holding them back. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, honestly, you, you dump them and then they, they got to the point where they were severely underrated. Nobody expected them to be as good as they were, especially in the postseason. And Look at them Bryce now. Harper, Bryce Harper... If Bryce Harper was on the team, I'm sure they would have been the favorites. And that could have been a problem for them. I don't know. I feel like they just liked being the underdog. And they they thrived. Yeah. NL East is going to be an awesome div- division to follow next year. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly hope the Mets are kind of good just to, just to add to that mix. Like We know the Marlins aren't going to be good. But if it was a four-team race all year, like that'd be awesome. I did hear that the Mets were interested in uh, one Dellen Batances. Uh, nope, not not allowed. Nope, Dellen's yeah. coming back. I will not entertain any talk of Dellen Batances pitching for another team. It will it will not be allowed on this podcast. Well, maybe you need to talk to Randy Levine. I don't know. He must hate Randy Levine. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Randy Levine must be the most hated person in the entire organization. I feel like the only time he's ever in the spotlight is when it's time to tell someone they're not worth the money they're asking for. That's true. Just you the don't worst. hear about him otherwise. Yeah. But okay, let's keep it moving. Uh, the Yankees made history this week. 
they hired the first full-time female hitting coach. They did from the Astros organization. Uh, maybe she brings some tricks over with her. I don't know. We'll have to check out Scranton's K-rate next year. She was actually a, uh, a strength and conditioning coach in their minor league system. Okay. But, but yeah. Yeah, either way, I, I like I like the move. It's a it's an analytics move, obviously. I don't know if we ever actually mentioned that Matt Blake got the pitching coach job on the podcast, but this is like we're going full analytics. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you have, you know, Larry Rothschild's 40 years of experience in the league. If you have a different perspective that's going to help us win games, let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, David Cohn's probably super pumped. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm glad to have David Cohn in the booth still. Mm-hmm. I I was real nervous that he was going to get the. I mean, he would have done a great job. I have no doubts he would have been a great pitching coach, but I wasn't ready to lose that dynamic. Right, wasn't ready. No, I'm uh, I enjoy. I learned so much from him in the booth. I mean, whether it's uh, things about his personal life or whether it's you know random random facts or you know things that the pitchers are doing and why they're doing them. It's it's really incredible to listen to him. Yeah, and his chemistry with Paul is unreal. There, I mean, it's the funniest. It's one of the funniest booths in baseball. I would say so. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the funniest one might be ah, who is it? I'm trying to remember. There was one that like they panned into these fans like yawning. I think it was like Arizona or one of those. It like, might. West- it might have been. Yeah, it might have been. I know the Mets also have a really good booth. I would yeah. say the Mets booth is better, but. But the one in Arizona, they like panned in on people yawning and like made yawning noises along with them. And it was the greatest video I've ever seen in my life. Oh, the place that the Diamondbacks were in last year. You got to find some way to entertain the people at home. I think that was the <laughs> that was the basis of uh, all that behavior. <laughs> OK, I have another potentially controversial topic for you. Why you just uniforms. Me? I know the uniforms. Yeah, what about them? Obviously, they're going to be sponsored by Nike next year, uh, yep. which fans are, aren't are happy about. I don't care uh, if there's mm-hmm. a Nike swoosh on it. But what I'm really interested in is what you think about the Yankees adding maybe a alternate jersey for road games. Only if they're the black one from Players Weekend. See, I'm... So- I'm still trying to be out on the black jerseys from Players Weekend because the first time I saw them, I was like, "These are the most disgusting things I've ever seen." Well, because you saw them like them, I did on like I a know. model or you know just like there, like yeah. But then we saw them and it looked kind of good. But I had already I had dug in so much on my point that I was like, "I can't, I can't give it up now." But I changed. Um, yeah, I, I remember in the beginning, I was like, "Are you kidding me? These are like the most boring uniforms ever." But seeing the way they looked on the players when they were playing it looked awesome yeah custom cleats too that's big it's kind of dumb that they don't let the players customize their cleats it's like a huge industry for basketball that players have their own style of of shoes and they Mm -hmm. make i mean hundreds of millions of dollars on these shoes are you gonna tell me that some little league team won't get like you're not gonna have the pitcher's gonna be rocking the cc3s uh, shortstop's gonna be rocking some dd artwork like, it just makes everyone look cooler. Yeah. It's, who cares about black, gray, or white? Like, I don't know. People get, people get messed up about that. When people s- suggested that the Yankees should use an alternate uniform, the internet came out and, and attacked. They were not happy. 
Well, the game has changed. You know, I think we all have to recognize that. You know, this is not the 1930s anymore. Um, you know, I'm fine if as long as they don't change the regulars. You know, if they don't change... If they still have the pinstriped home jerseys, they still have the gray away jerseys. I feel like it's okay. It's okay. We're not living in the past. And that's what everyone accuses Yankees fans of, living in the past. I think it's okay. Guys, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, there's zero chance the pinstripes aren't at every home game. But I wouldn't mind seeing, like, if we do go on a West Coast trip, I wouldn't mind seeing the black jerseys or maybe, like, a cooler-looking version of our spring training uniforms. Mm. I wouldn't mind Mm -hmm. just something different. Yeah, I think something different could definitely work. Um, You know, this is is not your grandpa's Yankees team. This is a completely different team, completely different vibe. I feel like it's okay to do little things like that. It's not a huge thing. It's not going to be every single game. They're still the Yankees. I, we just need to remind everybody, everything is going to be fine. You'll be okay. They will play again tomorrow, I promise. They'll play for 162, hopefully more games. They're going to be there every night. They may be wearing something different. But you know what? Would you want to go out with someone who wears the same outfit to date night? Every time? Definitely not. No, you don't. So think about it. Variety (laughs) is good. Let's talk about... You know what? We were going to talk about the Staten Island Yankees. I think Mm -hmm. maybe we'll just save that for next week. Because that's another thing that I have like... I have like five hours of commentary on. Yeah, I'm not too happy about any of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Austin Romine. Yeah, Austin what about Austin Romine him? probably will not be back with the Yankees. Uh, there's yeah. no report, but just the way it's shaping up, I just don't see it happening. I don't agree. You think I he's going to be back? Well, no, no. I think that he probably is not going to be back, and I okay, don't agree okay. with that. I feel like oh, it's you, a bad move. You think we um, should bring him back? I feel like we should, yeah. Listen, I I like Kyle Higashioka. I understand he doesn't have any minor league options left. I get that. But at the same time, Austin Romine has consistently improved every single year. Um, I was looking at his stat, uh, stat cast stats um, for defensively and everything. Um, but I case think, stat of the week. Oh, no, I'm not giving one. <laughs> I don't remember them. All of I know course. is that <laughs> that he did improve. I mean, the only thing that Kyle Higashioka, I think, has over him defensively, and there's really not enough of a sample size to really say this is a thing, but um, his pop time and his release time is quicker than Romine's. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'd love to have Austin Romine back. I just, well, we know what his role is going to be, and he's going to be the backup catcher. And I think there's teams that are going to be willing to, I mean, we're bringing up the Brewers again. The Mm -hmm. Brewers are looking for a right-handed bat to platoon. Mm -hmm. They just lost Yasmani Grandal, so they're not, they're short on the catcher position now. Yeah. But I think some teams are going to pay him like a platoon guy, and we're going to pay him like a bench guy, and he's going to go for the better offer where he's going to play more often. I, you know what, I feel like he does have an opportunity to play more often in the Bronx just because of the, uh, the whole Gary Sanchez injury saga. Yeah. The constant groin injuries, the, you know, I mean, he's, he was on the IL at least twice, if not maybe three times this season, um, the season before, you know, he missed a lot of time too. 
I feel like, but I also feel like Austin Romine might not want to take that chance because it's become very clear that Gary Sanchez is the guy. They're not, they're not. Yeah, going he's always, from, Gary Sanchez yeah. is always going to be the guy. Right. There's no catcher coming up to take his spot. But here's the other thing is if Romine is there, you know, you could also, depending on how Gary Sanchez is feeling, you could also slide Sanchez into the DH role. And then you've got a pretty reliable catcher. True. Who knows I mean, the pitchers the, and knows the pitching staff pretty well. Yeah. The only thing I would worry about if we did keep Austin Romine would be if Gary Sanchez did get hurt, then Austin Romine becomes a starter. You need Higashioka to come up and be the backup. Well, now Higgy has no more options left. So when I mean when it's all said and done, you're either sending him DFA style back down to the minors and someone's gonna pick him up for sure, or you're carrying three catchers on the bench, which makes no sense. Mm-hmm. So I, think, I don't know. They're kind of handcuffed. I don't know. Yeah. You, I mean, you can't really rely on Gary Sanchez to get injured, even though it's probable. But I don't know. I just think someone's going to pay him more. And that's really what it comes down to. He's going to he's going to set the market for the guy behind him and take the most money most years. Mm-hmm. It'll be sad yeah. to see him go. I like Austin Romine. I do. I've enjoyed um, watching him play and seeing him improve, especially at the plate. I mean, he had that one stretch where Gary Sanchez was hurt and he quite literally just destroyed the baseball yeah. every at that. And he was always good with runners in scoring position. Mm-hmm. He always he always came through in those spots with a nice single. Now, we also do have to talk about my biggest concern is the fact that the Yankees have not signed Brett Gardner again, which means of course. one of two things. He wants more money then they're not willing to pay him because they got Clint Frazier coming up and they're convinced that he's going to be better defensively this year. Or two, they really don't care right now because it's not a priority at the moment. I would lean towards two. I would love to lean towards two. But Brett Gardner had a pretty damn good year. Home run-wise. His best career year at the plate. So you you got to think about that other option. I don't want to. I hate it. But um, you know, maybe he is asking for some more money in the Yankee or, you know, Cashman and the Yankees aren't willing to pay him for that. Possibly. Let's hope it's number two because we I, we kind of need Brett Gardner next year. We I mean, we really actually need him. I need Brett Gardner next year because I'll tell you why. If Brett Gardner leaves the New York Yankees, I'm going to have to change every single one of my passwords to everything. Everything. My passwords have been the same since 2009. It's all Brett Gardner. Something like it. That's not my password. I just want (laughs) to let you guys know. But it does have to do with Brett Gardner. So if Brett Gardner is no longer on the Yankees, it would hurt my heart every single time I typed in a password to go onto Facebook. Mm. Well, now you just you just gave everybody the opportunity to get into your Skype and Facebook. Someone's going to call me on Skype. I'm going to think it's you, but Ooh. someone hacked into your Skype. Ooh. Scary. Oh, well. Um, well, also, shout out to to our newest writer, our newest edition, Max Greenfield. Correct. Awesome piece about Brett Gardner and how good he was last year and how the Yankees absolutely need to re-sign him. I know he jumped your lane, but... It must be nice to have somebody on the same bandwagon. 
so I got to tell you, when he uh, when he first posted in our team channel and was like, oh, I'm going to write about Brett Gardner, I immediately laid into him and I was like, uh, hello, welcome. But I'm the only one that writes about Brett Gardner. I'm sorry. No, of course. And <laughs> listen, I can I can set that aside if someone's writing something positive about Brett Gardner. I have written negative stuff about Brett Gardner before, but I just I like to be in charge of all the Guardy news and then give it out as I please. Mm -hmm. But listen, fabulous article. If you haven't read Max's stuff, read it. He's got a few more cooking up. Um, so yeah, we definitely like having him on board. So feel free to uh, to peruse through his things. Absolutely, and jump on the Brett Gardner bandwagon. Why it's not? Open. I mean, there's we can always, always keep more room. people. There's always, always. Room. and now there's that meme circulating about Caillou. Um, you know the whole. <laughs> I what is it? Um, I'm gonna tell my kids. I hate, I hate that trend so much. Yeah, I don't much. know where it came from. It's too much. I started doing it too with some of my friends and stuff, and I was actually going to post a picture of the thumb guy from Spy Kids and say, uh, "I'm gonna tell my kids this is Brett Gardner," um, but I didn't want Brett Gardner to see it and be like, "Oh wow, I'm offended because." Oh, oh no, he knows. Brett. He knows he looks like the thumb. He knows. <laughs> there is no way that CC Sabathia was in that locker room for as long as Brett Gardner was, and not once did it come up that Brett Gardner looks like the thumb from Spy Kids. Yeah, one of the thummies. Yeah. <laughs> okay, final note, because now we're pushing an hour. Jason Dominguez. He is going to be so fucking good. It is ridiculous. The videos of him taking BP, just like the way the ball comes off the bat, the sound is like oh. pure, brings me back to my childhood days in the backyard. Like, the Sandlot-esque type sounds, you know? That's Benny the Jet Rodriguez right there. Mm-hmm. Also, unpopular take on Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Uh, they hyped him up so much in the Sandlot, and he just became a, a glorified pinch runner. Pinch runners are the greatest things in the world. Yeah, but, I mean, very important I in the situation he found in himself in. I was a pinch runner in high school. In. How dare you? Well, I'm just saying, uh, Benny uh, the Jet uh, Rodriguez uh, was, uh, like, the god of baseball in this small California suburb. And then he grew up and he was just a pinch runner. Just a pinch runner. All right. That's fine. My <laughs> high school career went to waste. Thank you. I'm sure you had a lot of great stolen home bases. <laughs> so did you Jacoby Ellsbury. So what now? Ooh. Mm. Jacoby Ellsbury caught a lot of catchers. Mm -hmm. You catch a lot of catchers interference. You go mm -hmm. full Jacoby. Highlights, highlights. Highlights. All right. Well, we'll end it there now that I've insulted your high school softball career by calling you Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Not that I'm sure how that's an insult, but pinch runner for the Dodgers. He stole home. Kind of a big deal. But also, you know, he wasn't Babe Ruth. Maybe I delayed stealed home. You know? Delayed, delayed steal. Delayed steal. Yes. That's I one did of my that. I did those a baseball. few times. I was pretty good at those. All right. So Allison Case is fast. Now we know why she loves Brett Gardner so much. Yeah, I'm pretty speedy, guys. If you want to challenge me to a race, let me know. Um, I'll meet you somewhere, and we'll race. All right, you heard it here first. Allison Case will race literally anybody, anywhere, anytime. See you next week. Okay, bye. Bye.